This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shirts for the Scene. Head over to thepopgoproject.com and you can purchase your favorite band t-shirt today. We are raising money for the local artist in Northeastern Pennsylvania whose income was drastically affected by COVID-19 in 2020. And although we're in a new year, bands will continue to struggle to perform like they once did. So grab a shirt, support a band. The proceeds of each sale go right to the bands whose shirt you are buying. Once again, head over to thepopgoproject.com and grab your shirt today. Shirts for the Scene is made possible by Axelrad Screen Printing. Visit them today at axelradarmy.com. I am super stoked to have had the opportunity to talk to my next guest. He formed the band Gasoline Heart around 2005, but I did not come across them until 2013, and I was hooked immediately. We talk about the band's two new album releases from last year, one titled Addicted to Wood, and the other called Big Trouble. We also talk about some of the earlier albums and some songs on those. Also, you'll hear stories about Papa Roach, Evanescence, Gene Simmons from Kiss, the Ataris, Bowling for Soup, Don't Panic, an absolute hilarious story about his kids, and more. It is with great excitement that I welcome to the show Lewis from the band Gasoline Heart. Episode, I believe this is 17 of the PopGo Project podcast. And today I am joined by one of my favorite bands. This is an, this is an honor for me, man. You have no idea how excited I am for this. Uh, Lewis, who is the front man for Gasoline Heart. Uh, I've been following this band for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years now. Um, you guys were out there before that, well before that, but um, I came across you back then and uh, I've been a huge fan ever since. So thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, I guess for starters, you guys just released two albums last year, 2020. First time uh, in like eight years. What took so long? What took so long? Um, What took so long? I got married. I had some kids. That'll Uh, do it. But I did uh, that. last album we did before these two was a, a record called thanks for everything mm-hmm. and uh i think that came out i don't even know when it came out i think maybe two, 2012 yeah i think yep and uh <clears throat> we did that album and it was awesome we toured it and uh it was going great and then the, the a good friend of mine uh recorded it and produced it this guy jeremy griffith and uh he, I own a moving company in New York. So he uh, kept moving, like he would move. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like, uh, he wanted to pay me. And I'm like, you don't have to give me any money. He's like, I'll trade you studio time. I'm like, all right, cool. He's like one of my best friends. So he moved quite a few times and I kept like accruing studio time as credit. And uh, I recorded three songs that are on Allergic to Wood. Uh, the one three friends, um, uh, three friends and two other tracks. I don't even know the titles, <laughs> but uh, we recorded those three. And then he moved to Florida and I moved him into a big U-Haul truck. I didn't bring him all the way to Florida. And it was like, well, you're going to have to come to Florida to finish the album. And then I got married. I had kids and uh it was just hard to get to Florida because I have central Florida roots. That's where the band started, but now right. I'm in Brooklyn. 
So eventually I went out there like after Thanksgiving and we did three more songs. The idea was just to do an EP. And then we had enough for an EP, but it was going well. And we was like, oh, let's meet up next. You know, let's find another time we can record. So it didn't turn out that I could do it until next Thanksgiving. So we recorded four songs then. And then all of a sudden we had 10. And then it just took a minute to, to get mixed. And by the time it got mixed, the old band who did You Know Who You Are, the original lineup, we, I sprained my ankle on the moving truck. Uh, like two years ago, I guess. Um, yeah, two years ago. And I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I was like, guys, do you want to like get together and jam? They're like, yeah, we always kicked it around. So I went to Orlando. Two of the guys live in Nashville now. Two of the guys in Orlando. I'm in New York. And we went to uh, Orlando and we wrote like four or five songs and we were going to write it. We were going to do an EP. We went out to Atlanta and all of a sudden I had five more songs and uh, all of a sudden we had big trouble and allergic to wood wasn't even out yet. And all of a sudden we recorded another album. So it's pretty funny. So it was just, I'm like, ah, I got two, I guess. I guess I'm like Guns N' Roses with User Illusion 1 and 2. There you go. Yeah, I thought maybe it had something to do with COVID. I mean, so you had eight years between, you know, new music. Uh, you released... Um, I think it's allergic to wood in February of 2020. Um, yeah, oh yeah, I guess we're coming up on a year on that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, almost. A year. I think it was Valentine's Day is when you uh, it released was, that. It was Valentine's Day. So I thought. So then I figured, all right, February was here. You re- released that album. You're probably set to tour and do some some dates. And then a month later, less than a month later, the world shuts down. The world shut down. Yeah, that was crazy. That's. Uh, when Allergic Wood to Wood came uh, came out, Big Trouble was done. Right. So it was funny. I was like, well, we got to put out Allergic to Wood first because Allergic to Wood is really just me and Jeremy. It's no nobody else is on that album other than uh, John Ralston, who used to be in Dear Ephesus with me back in the day. And he is an awesome solo artist, but a good friend of mine. He played some guitar and did some background vocals, but... Yeah, it really had the only thing that COVID had to do with anything with Big Trouble is I probably wouldn't have put it out so quickly right. after Allergic to Wood, but I was doing nothing in Orlando because we went to, we escaped to Orlando when everything shut down. And uh, I just got bored and I put that album out on my kid's birthday, May 16th. So oh, cool. I, I tried to pick dates that like I could remember. Valentine's <laughs> Day, my there kid's you go. birthday, you know. Yeah, I figured because a lot of bands they they don't want to stay, they don't like to sit on music because they'll overanalyze it and then revisit it, so they just kind of put it out. So I figured maybe uh, having that second album released, you know, during the time was because of COVID. So that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of was. We're, we've never been the type of band that we don't really fine tune much. It's kind of like very in the moment. So that Big Trouble album, we just you know we wrote we wrote it in five songs in three days. And then when we went to the studio, we kept writing. So we were like writing while we were recording, which was fun. And we, we track live and it's, uh, that's how we do it. But yeah, we're not the type of band that records and then is like remixing a hundred times or doing a bunch of overdubs. That's not really our, our vibe. Maybe if it was our vibe, we'd be more popular. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, what yeah? What kind of stage would you say your band is in? Because I mean, obviously, it's not like a, a a local band on a local level. I mean, it's, you have some, 
you know, some form of uh, reach. Um, what do you think of yourself? Uh, I have no, I, I have no clue. I, 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 you know, I, I was in a, I was in a band when I was 18, this band, Dear Ephesus. And, uh, and I was in a van at 18 and then Dear Ephesus was trekking back and forth around America with a band called Squad. And they were more popular. We were on a record label, little record label, and we would get some traction and then the band broke up. And then uh, when that band broke up, actually, I got kicked out of the band. But then they broke up. What did you uh, do? And then, um, can, can you say? I, well, I can tell you what I did. Well, they wanted to kick the guitar player out. Uh, and I was like, if you kick him out, I'm not going to be in the band. The whole thing is it's us five. We should always be us five. And uh, I thought by me saying that, there's no way they're going to kick kick him out because if they kick him out, I'm not going to be in there. Right. And then all of a sudden we both got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> and then That's... we started, we started a band called Tenderfoot and uh, it was me and Brett and this guy, Jeff and Adam and me, Brett and Jeff were in a band called Dear Ephesus. Me and Brett got kicked out of Dear Ephesus. Uh, and Tenderfoot was like our, our little side band during Dear Ephesus and then Tenderfoot was rolling and then we were going on tour and doing a lot of cool things. And then I got kicked out again. <laughs> uh, Is that your I thing? Got, I guess so. And I was, always, you know, I was just the bass player in those bands and I didn't really write. I mean, I wrote some of the songs, like some riffs or whatever, but then I, so now I'm 24, maybe 25. And I kept getting kicked out of bands. It's funny because when I was 25, I felt like I was so old. I was like, oh, I've been doing music for six years. I got to get a real job. And then I started a band. I'm like, oh, I'll start another band. And it was kind of a band based out of spite. I do a lot of things out of spite, kind of like Seinfeld, you know? Do you remember <laughs> when he returned the jacket out of spite? Do you remember oh, yeah. that episode? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I started the kick. I'm like, I can't get kicked out of the band if I'm the lead singer. But right. I, I don't know how to sing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i just was writing songs and they weren't very good and the kick started rolling and then what i realized was that people can quit your band yeah. <laughs> so people kept quitting <laughs> and uh my buddy john who was in squad 5-0 he also played in the kick and squad 5-0 signed to capitol records and they they were like you can't play with the kick anymore even though those are all my homies and John tried to quit and not sign the capital contract. I'm like, you got to sign it. You're crazy. And then, uh, then uh, Squad 5 broke up and then the kick broke up and then we were 30. And at 30, we felt so old. We're like, yeah. all right, it's over now. It's officially <laughs> over. We're 30. And then, but we were, we're musicians. So we kept playing and writing songs. I was producing some people, uh, and then we were writing and then we got signed. We got signed. We're like, oh, I guess we're doing this again. So and then I got divorced and uh, I'm on my second marriage. So me and my first wife split up and then that album, me and her are pretty much. That's kind of, you know, who you are. The first Gasoline Heart album it's kind of a breakup album. I just didn't know it. Uh, so then but then two of the guys in the original line of, of, you know, who you are, they couldn't tour. So I brought the kick back, but we were just called gasoline heart and we were trying to be super punk rock, but we had all these like kind of singer songwriter kind of jams and it yeah. just wasn't working. And uh, so gasoline heart never, it, I feel like we 
never really got we've made albums but we've never had like the same unit all the time on tour like really making it happen so uh so yeah that's that's kind of like my little what is gasoline heart i don't know i was <laughs> I, it, when I started recording Allergic to Wood, it was really my business was doing well. And I, I was like, I have to play some music to uh, to not lose my mind. You know, I don't want to put a fucking gun to my head. I need to I need something. I need a creative outlet. Yeah. So that now I think that's what Gasoline Heart is now. I think it's that original five uh because we're all in similar places and it's like let's just make music and the pandemic is the best thing because like oh we don't even have to tour (laughs) (laughs) so you don't want to tour i would tour but who's taking us out on tour no one's taking us you don't know that (laughs) yeah maybe we'll play a couple shows it would be cool i mean i think the last tour i did was i think the last time we did a tour what is it two we did the atari's like reunion tour whenever that was that was like maybe 2017 i think uh gasoline heart did that but yeah i would tour again but but as long as you can make music yeah that'll that'll avoid the uh gun in your mouth right i think (laughs) and i'm not trying to be so dark i know i know i I mean it more of like having something to look forward you know and it's i was really hoping allergic to wood would be it like when i was writing it and recording it i was like okay i want to make a real shit album i because then i'll be like see i ran out of creative juices like and that allergic to wood i think is great it is great and a lot of people liked it like as the best i'm like all right there's no way i'll be able to make another good album let's try it (laughs) and the big trouble was pretty cool too and i'm like i guess i have some gas in the tank like i keep trying to empty this thing but it's just not happening I, i i still enjoy doing it and I still enjoy writing songs. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I mean, what would you do? I mean, most bands release music to, you know, tour and get it out there. I mean, how do you, how do you get it out there without being able to do that? We're wanting to do that. Somebody tell me I'm really just, I just like, I'm just doing it. I'm in the zone where I just want to make it. That's it. Cool. Well, I mean, just hearing you say that you've liked the band for seven or eight years. Like I didn't know people like you exist. So I'm just making it because I like it. Maybe my wife likes it or a couple of people like it. Then that's fine with me. I just want to create. So it's kind of cool. I just, I just want to make things. Well, that's a cool space to be in though. You know, you have a full-time gig and you're you know doing well there and this is just kind of for fun, huh? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, it is for fun. I mean, it sounds weird to say, Oh, it's for fun. Like it, it, but it is. Yeah. It's just a creative outlet. Yeah. Something I'm good at. It's, Something that I I don't now, like I was telling you about with Allergic to Wood and even Big Trouble, I'm like, I was kind of hoping it wouldn't turn out as well as it did. And now I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't, I actually want to keep exercising this muscle and not let it go away. Yeah, I hope, I hope you continue to it because like I said, I love it. And I, I waited eight years, eight long eight, years. Did you actually wait? So did, what album did you like? Like what brought you to guess? Oh, it was the it was the early ones, like the late two thousands, and I don't. I should know the names of the albums, but I don't. Okay. Um, what it used to be, or what now? I'm trying to think of what. Like, how did think, you even find it? Yeah. I think I, I think you may have been on, on a compilation or something like that. Um, oh, was it the Face compilation? I don't remember. I don't remember. It's fine. 
you don't need to answer. <laughs> but All it was, you know, that it was, you, you know like who that. you are. Okay. That was the first album. Yeah. I mean, cheers. Here's the life is one of my favorite songs. I, I love that song. Um, but yeah, and they all just have this like this cool, like cool vibe to them, you know? Yeah, I like it too. Uh, yeah, I love Cheers, Here's the Life. That is a cool riff. That is definitely me ripping off the wallflowers. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. You know that song, The Difference? The only difference. Yeah. That, that's, that was me trying to write that song. <laughs> um, even, even like uh, Nostalgia Ain't What It Used To Be. That was a great album. Um, can't keep a good kid down. Never been worse. That's like kind of uh Oh yeah, that song was in the Jersey Shore. Really? Oh yeah, you're right. And I just yeah. admitted that I watched that. You know what? I my wife used to watch that show, and I always thought it was such trash. And then we played a show at the Troubadour at, in L.A., and somebody from MTV was there, and they bought a CD. And we didn't even know that song. There was actually a couple of our songs on Jersey Shore that season. And uh, we didn't even know until the night uh, Jersey Shore opened up. Uh, like the season premiere, we got an email. Hey, you have a couple of songs in tonight's episode. That's Pretty awesome. funny, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's uh, never been worse or maybe it's never been better. The, the They're both kind of the same song. Yeah, one's kind of haunting. Yeah, but yeah, they were they were great. I mean, cheers, here's the life. I mean, um, now that I kind of know the, the the background of that album, kind of. Yeah, there you go. I don't even know if I remember the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I that to me it was like a, a song that I could just like. It was like uh, just a positive song. It's like, you know, cheers of life, you know, because it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because the song is kind of, it's, I don't want to die. Sometimes I feel like jumping. I don't want to sing. Some reason my mouth stays open. I don't want to slip some reason my eyes keep wandering i don't want to give up it's kind of like um and it was like i was so low when i wrote that uh song and i was fighting with myself it's like i you know yeah i don't want to die but for some reason i feel like jumping right and i don't want to sing but i for some reason i keep singing you know and and the cheers here's the life tag because it's good at the end was almost like a joke it was like (laughs) cheers here's the life because it's good and it's like no life is shit but then like after i recorded it and it was all done it kind of like it switched a little bit i was like oh no this is kind of a celebration song it's not a uh it's not a depressing song so that's cool to hear you say that yeah, that's that's. This is why I love doing this. This is great. I um, there was one uh, I don't know the song name, but uh, something about talking to God, and he reminded me of things I forgot. Oh, that is uh, that's never been worse. That uh, that's uh, I don't remember. Yeah, uh, 
yeah, I don't know. Well, I hope I hope I'm not going too far back in time and bringing up like <laughs> bring it bring it all on. You know, I'm all good with that. Sometimes people, you, want. you know, sometimes people like that they, they don't want to revisit that, and it's like you know because life's I mean probably in a much different place now than you were, you know, 15 years ago. So yeah, I have a song off of Allergic to Wood called Nobody Changes, and it's mm-hmm. no changes all that much you know we always think we have this huge a lot of growth but you know we're really moving inches and not miles you know so yeah at 44 years i just turned 44 i'm pretty probably kind of the same dude at 24 other than a couple of little things but probably deep down i'm probably the same person you know yeah a little more mature probably right you would think (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah. The first, the first, like I think six songs on "Alerted to Wood," uh, Commodore. I just want to live a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Nobody to blame but yourself. And then you mentioned nobody changes. I mean, there, are yeah. you know, five songs in a row that were just great songs. Thank you. Yeah, I felt like that album is really cool. Felt like the songs were really strong. Uh, it was funny because the way we recorded them, I would just like do a scratch guitar track, which people listening it's just like you know just like a bogus little guitar track and then me the drummer would play the drums and i'd play bass to it and then all of a sudden we'd sit in the control room and four hours later we'd have like a full song we were like pumping those things out it was just like a little ditty i wrote on my guitar guitar and then it was fleshed out in hours so that was cool about that whole album you know that's neat how that happens with bands they just kind of like rip through shit yeah, that was fun. That That's was awesome. really cool. Um, what was I going to say? Shit. Uh, some of your influences. Oh, just say because I, I mean, I want I want to assume that Pearl Jam is one of them. I know you just yeah, did a cover of one of their songs. I'm listening to Pearl Jam as we speak. There we go. They're in the background. Yeah, Pearl Jam is. You know, I moved to. I I grew up in New York and. Uh, my parents went on vacation when at the end of ninth grade, we went on vacation to Florida and then we just never went back. We stayed. And um, it was the end of ninth grade. So that's pretty tough. So all I had was that first, I bought that first Pearl Jam album 10. And then my aunt worked at Kinko's, which is such a nineties thing. And her, her uh, coworker, his band was opening up for Pearl Jam when they first you know, Pearl Jam was like playing clubs where they'd have local openers. And I got on the guest list and saw Pearl Jam in. It changed my life, you know, for that, sure. Was it 10 that was like, they had like, I think eight songs that were all like yeah. hit singles? Yeah. So many, so how many do, huge, huge songs. How do you do that? How do you do that? No clue. <laughs> it's, I have no clue how they're just, that album is so good. I went, I've seen Pearl Jam a bunch and I saw them in Philly. Uh, and when I saw them in Philly, they uh, surprised everybody and played 10 front to back, uh, which was really cool. They played every song on the album. And it was like listening to it, you know, this was a couple of years ago, but I'm like, man, it's so funny. I heard this like in 1991 or 1992 in a little club. And now here I am at, a, I don't think it, I guess Wells Fargo Center. Um, yeah. Where are you based out of? Where are you based out of? Wilkes-Barre, Scranton. So, oh, you're a friend. Yeah. 
So, so you're, uh, are you with the Dope Panic guys? Do you know them? Yeah, that's how I got hooked up with you. Uh, All right, cool, uh, cool, cool. Yeah, Ted, Ted hooked me up with you. Uh, that shout out to Ted awesome. for, for doing this. He found out that I was a big fan of yours, and he's like, let me see if I can reach out to him and he can, you know, do this for you. I mean, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, Ted is awesome. Ted and his brother, they're, we've done a couple of tours with Don't Panic. And they were always really funny. They were always on their laptops. That's what I remember. <laughs> I was like, Ted, get, laptops. get your get nose out of your, your yeah, get your nose out of your computer, Ted. <laughs> yeah, they're funny. Ted's funny too. Yeah. I, well, when I launched this podcast, I actually had the pleasure of uh, doing it with Ted and his brother. Yeah. That's from cool. Pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. And who uh, has the infamous Atari's video that was on TMZ. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember? It was on TMZ where, uh, how am I totally biffing Ted's brother's name? Who's in Bowling for Soup? I'm Rob. full biff. Rob. Rob was playing drums for the Ataris. And me and the me and Ted and Rob were all good friends with the Ataris. And uh, there was a show, they played New York, and I came to the show in New York, and we hung out. And I think I actually went up on stage, and the Ataris backed me up on a couple of Gasoline Heart songs, because... Chris is the best. He's been a, he saw, we, I met Chris at Warp Tour years ago. I played like a little shitty side stage when they were like the main band. And Chris was up front, watched everything, bought all of our merch, and then went on main stage and just, I didn't even meet him. He went on main stage and kept talking about our band. And then I, then I played some little club like a year later and he drove like four hours to come to the show I did a, a cover song, like a Dead Boys cover song, and Chris, without me even knowing him, jumped on stage, grabbed my guitar, played the song with us, and then we became friends after the show. So we actually played a song together before we were even friends, you know? But uh, anyway, there was this huge thing where uh, the Ataris... Uh, uh, played a show in New Jersey and Chris lost his shit on Rob and threw the drum set at him and somebody recorded it and it was it went viral it was on TMZ you gotta look it up I'm I don't know if they talk up. about this anymore but it is so good Rob did not mention that <laughs> Rob's gonna be pissed that I brought it up <laughs> alright Rob <laughs> that's funny so then you yeah. just kind of met Ted through that I met Ted, Ted booked the Ataris. So okay, yeah, that's, that's and right. we toured with them. Yeah. It was pretty good. But when you we talk about influences, definitely. I mean, Pearl Jam is like the, the childhood influence, but I'm, I love, I'm a big fan of Pedro the lion, David Bazan and okay. uh, big fan of Paul Westerberg and the replacements. And, you know, those, those, I really love Patty Griffin and the weepies and Tom Petty is one of my favorites of all time, but of course, those are just some of the some of the bands that have influenced me. I heard a great story about uh, the Goo Goo Dolls. So you know the Goo Goo Dolls are huge, right? Yeah. And okay. uh, the uh, Johnny Johnny Resnick, I think his name is. Yep. He is a huge fan of the Replacements. So you do you know about the do you know the band the Replacements at all? I'm familiar, but not not enough to talk about it. So. Uh, so he's a huge Paul Westerberg replacements fan and the replacements never like they were always almost about to get famous and it always fell apart. But the Goo Goo Dolls kind of like would rip the replacements off and they were getting popular, yada, yada. 
And uh, anyway, there's a show where the Goo Dolls play and the replacement's like a festival. And uh, Johnny Resnick, huge rock star, sees Paul. And he, he goes up to Paul and he's like, Paul, Paul, uh, I just want to tell you that like you're the reason why I play music. And Paul just looks at him and goes, it's not my problem. And Johnny goes, what? And he goes, it, it's, not my, it's not my fault. It's not my problem that you play music. Don't put that on me. It <laughs> just walked off. I love that. I thought that was so great wow. talking about influences. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. So anybody, any of those bands I mentioned, if they watch this, you know, which they will, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, I have a million uh, viewers of this podcast. Perfect. I just hit a million streams on Spotify. Oh, I wish I wish I had that power. I wish I could do that for you. I really do. <laughs> but you're doing this for me, and I'm thankful for that. No problem. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I I told you in the email. I I just kind of want to try and build this up, especially now because I'm doing this um, shirts for the scene. Um, <laughs> I've been a, a big advocate for the local music scene here in the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton area uh, yeah. for a long time. I used to work at a, an entertainment weekly called The Weekender which was like the Bible uh, for, you know, going out where to go, who to see and all that kind of stuff. Um, obviously with social media, um, that product kind of died. Uh, yeah. probably, probably ended like 2015. I mean, it was still active, you know, up until like last year, but for all intents and purposes, it was pretty much done uh, mm-hmm. probably 2015. Uh, so I've been active in the local music scene for a long time since like 2004. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was like, you know, I, I used to host a radio show um, for three and a half years, just, just mm-hmm. recently. Um, and that's how I got hooked up with Ted and met Ted and um, actually I put, would play his, his band stuff. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, the show got put on hiatus that the, the station I was on wanted to change formats. So they're like, hey, you know, you're on hiatus. Uh, we'll bring it back. And I kind of like, I knew that that was not really going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I need Where to, did they go to, um, it's, it's, I, I consider it like top 40. Got it. You know, they just want to kind of want to appeal to women mm-hmm. more. So it's all stuff that, you know, it's, it's, you know, familiar it's, and then they call it nineties like to now it's, mm-hmm. you know, so, but, um, so when I got kind of booted from the, the radio show, I was like, how can I continue to, to kind of, be a part of the local scene. Cause like, you know, it was, it was a, a one hour show on Saturday nights. I wasn't setting the world on fire at, by any means, but like to me, I mean, I didn't get paid to do it. I just did it to yeah. me. Like it was such a, a great thing for me. And I felt like I had a purpose, right. Mm-hmm. Got put on hiatus and I felt like, you know, maybe I need these guys more than they need me. And um, I said, I was like, how can I help these guys? Because they haven't played shows at that point. It was like eight, eight months. Mm-hmm. So I teamed up with a local um, printing company called Axel Red Screen Printing, and uh, we did a thing. It's called Shirts for the Scene. Mm-hmm. So I gathered all these local band logos, and we created shirts for them. So, like, let's say Gasoline Heart was in the store. Um, if I bought your shirt, the money that you know from the purchase of that, the proceeds of that that sale would go back to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we're almost at $6,000 raised since early November or December. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Like there's over a hundred bands in the store right now. Uh, we're going to wrap things up in, in March, but, um, cool. 
Steve, yeah. you, don't, you don't have that radio show anymore. What do you got to do? You, even if you're not making money, you got to just create. You got to talk about music. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a similar, you got to find what you really enjoy and you're passionate about and jump in to some degree, you know, and not even really think about the monetary, like financial, you know, the finances about it, because who cares? I mean, money is always nice, but right. at the same time, you know. Well, that's why it. I started this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. I wanted to I wanted to have a platform where people could still like, you know, the local bands could still use this as a way to, you know, talk about their music, talk about their new songs or CDs mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Uh, so it's been going well so far. That's cool. That's awesome. I, I think. I think. I mean, I, either way, like I always say, I enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be talking to you if I didn't start this. So. Yeah. Um, so now you're obviously instantly regretting starting the podcast because you're having <laughs> not at all, not at all, <laughs> not at all. I got to take a, I have to take a photo. A photo. Well, yeah, I got to take a photo on my screen. There you go. What are we doing? I'm just taking this photo. There we go. Boom. Oh, I, I sent it to you, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Oh, uh, what on Facebook? Yep. That's fine. I never use that Facebook Messenger. I'm so glad you hit me up so many times because I totally would have forgotten. Well, here's the thing. I was like, I, I mean, here's me, this nobody from, you know, Wilkes-Barre Scranton. I'm like, I reached out to you, responded. I'm like, holy shit, he responded to me. I can't believe it. And then uh, some time went by. So I just figured, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'll just, you know, he, I'm sure he's busy, you know, whatever. Um, so I hope I wasn't like a, a pain in your ass by any means. No, not at all. I'm just being funny. No, but um, yeah, so yeah, it's all good, man. It's all great. It's all great. So it's you just great. you just moved. Did you move like like from like somewhere else to Brooklyn or? No, no, no. I uh, moved from the second floor to the fourth floor in the same building. There you go. Because I have this awesome balcony and an awesome roof where mm-hmm. I am now. But my wife and kids are in Florida, so I'm just I'm rolling solo in New York and working and. Uh, running the moving company, yada, yada. Cool. Yeah, that's what I'm up to. What's it like in Brooklyn right now? It's really snowy. There's snow everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. it's terrible. And, uh, I think it's about to open back up on February 14th, but, you know, you can't go inside anywhere. Everything's to go. There's really nothing to do. Yeah. You know, and it's so cold. So, but I still like it. That New York still get. it's still it's still beautiful. So just like walking around and driving around, you still get energized. But I, I was talking to a few people. I'm like, you know, I'm getting really used to New York pandemic style. I don't know how, what I'm going to think once it's all super like open back up again and people everywhere. I may bet I may be snotty. Yeah. I'd probably actually like New York now. I'm not a big fan of the, the, the crowds and the, all the people. I really love the crowds. So <laughs> that's something I enjoyed about it. But now I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to change. Do you think it bounces back? It's got to. It's bounced back every other time, right? Right. I mean, if New York doesn't bounce back, then probably I can't. Ima- I mean, then America has changed yeah. forever. I think if New York can somehow bounce back, I, I think I think we'll be good. I hope it does. I mean, I, I want things to get back to normal. You know, it's yeah. never going to be normal, right? The United States, the, the new normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I hope so. 
Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on all of this? I mean, pandemic and the I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying like, you know, I'm not trying to make a, a political thing by any means. Well, but like, obviously it's fake. <laughs> and the yes. vaccine, the microchip. Right. That they're trying to. Us. Yep. We're all 5G enabled now. 5G is obviously the 5G is who stole the election. So yep. <laughs> I mean, yep. they're eating babies and drinking <laughs> blood. I mean, of course, yeah. this is all, this is all the earth is flat. Dinosaurs yep. are not real. So yeah. Glad we got that all covered. <laughs> Done. Next. <laughs> next. Problem solved. Yep. Uh, I think I, I think it's so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is so fucked. No one knows what's true, what's not. Like, I that's mean, that's the scariest part. Like, we, I, you can you can look at five different news sources or whatever, and like they're all different. And it's like, what uh-huh. what do you believe? It's that is you know, be it whatever your politics are. That was the thing that pissed me off about Donald Trump the most. It was like. You, you know, have at least one cause. Like he had 500 causes of everything's fake, nothing's real. And it's like right. now no one, like, you know, everyone is empowered with their conspiracy theories and everything. And it's like, yeah, there's probably a lot of truth to some conspiracy theories, but now everything's a conspiracy the- theory. Right. And if you actually are telling some of the truth, somebody the truth, well, no, that's not the truth because I don't, you know what I mean? So everything just feels so upside down. Everyone's parents are assholes, you know, <laughs> like they've gone crazy. Yeah. Um, and like, it's just like, people are just fighting. When I say my parents aren't assholes, I'm talking about like on Facebook, it's just parents fighting. It's just like Facebook got hijacked by facebook and twitter got hijacked by old people i remember myspace (laughs) but it's just no one knows what to believe like nobody knows anything and that's like that's a bummer like i mean even me i'm like i wasn't a trump guy but like now i believe nothing right (laughs) you know what i'm saying it's 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 hard not to because it it, when it's when it's barraged into you like non-stop yeah fake fake not true conspiracy it's like all right all of a sudden there's a freaking raid on the capitol and we can't even agree on that it's like no it was antifa no yeah. it was the proud boys it's like we can't even agree no uh, there was an attack on the capitol it's crazy i mean yeah. it is crazy everything is crazy it's all fucked <laughs> i i have no idea and i'm I'm going to only try and keep close to my little circle and you know what? No one really, I'll write a couple of songs and maybe do a few podcasts, but I need to not be, I don't know, joining that weird digital debate. Yeah. And I think people are losing their minds in general. We just had an incident uh, yesterday, yesterday Uh um, here locally in the area and people were outside shoveling snow and the uh-huh. three of them the three of them are dead now so from what i read and again you know this is what we uh-huh. read these two the husband and wife were outside shoveling across the street from their neighbor i guess they uh-huh. had been tossing the snow into the neighbor's property the neighbor uh-huh. the neighbor went shot these two people killed them and then went inside his own home and killed himself oh my goodness I yeah mean- that's insane. I mean, dude, that is, it's dude, crazy. Dude, it, <laughs> it, like, 
it's kind of has this area shook just because like that stuff, like it's not a bad area. I mean, mm-hmm. there's issues everywhere, but like, I mean, everyone's mental health is just like that. I'm not trying to be the person. I'm not like a Trump bad. Like he's the worst person. It's like, it just wasn't good for anybody's mental health. The people that loved him and the people that hated him, you know, there's no, like, I just feel like everyone is just so on 10 and being barraged yeah. with information that we're not supposed to be having. And it's, it's just, a, it's just a lot. Life is a lot right now for some people, you know? Yeah. And I would say, I mean, the internet, while it's great and we can do things like this, I, I continue to say it's a blessing and a curse, especially social media. It just, it's a, it's the wild west and it's just, it's yeah. not good. I don't think for us. Yeah, it's trash. Yeah. But I'm going <laughs> exactly. to share this. I'm going to share this interview on Facebook. Oh, thank you so much. On- oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally, 100%. But I think this is that- good. This is a good conversation. We're not talking about anything like, you know, crazy. Like, this is what the internet should be for and what should be on it, not uh, hate groups and yeah. all that I wish shit. we could. Well, what sucks is like the arts and movies and concerts and, plays and theater it's like that stuff isn't just entertainment like that stuff teaches you stuff and makes you feel things and when you feel a certain thing then you do a certain thing you know what i mean like like it's like a positive snowball and the the politics is just so ugly the pandemic is so ugly we can't even agree on anything like i mean it's it's a bummer you would really like to have some sort of unity somehow you know, like after 9-11, like every, it was like, we all felt like we were in it together. And like, yeah. I was hoping for like a similar moment at, during this pandemic, but it just got divisive. Well, right. Well, I, I mean, think- people kept saying, you know, similar to 9-11, we're, we're in this together, yada, yada, yada. But like, I'm, I'm like, but yeah, but we're being told, oh. stay home. Don't, don't yeah. go outside. Don't talk to your neighbor. No, They're diseased. Yeah. It's like, crazy. You're we're right. Being told. We're being told not. to be apart, you know? Yeah. 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 I know. But. And I, I have no idea. I have no, I mean, my wife has COVID right now. Does she really? Is she okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's going to die, but uh, she's not okay. She feels terrible. Yeah. I don't even know how she got it. You know, it's not like we do a lot. She goes, she brings my kids to speech therapy. You know, that's yeah. about it. And see my parents and stuff. But, oh boy. Yeah. That's what's scary too. Like, I mean, it's weird. Like my, uh, my sister-in-law lives in uh, California and she got it, but her daughter who lives with her didn't. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know how it like. Travels. I had it last year. I had it last year around this time before anyone knew what it was. And I was I felt like fucking shit. I wanted to die. It was so bad. I'm like, this is it. It's over. It's all over. And then, then everything got shut down like a month or so later. And then I went and got tested and I didn't have coronavirus, but I had the antibodies. So they're like, yeah, you had it, you know? Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's impossible to not talk about. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of over. It's been like what, almost a year now, but like it's Mm -hmm. consuming our lives every day. And it's, yeah, and we need new movies and new music yeah, to yeah. like <laughs> let us talk about something else. I feel like The Mandalorian saved. Like, did you watch The Mandalorian? No, I'm not into uh, the, the yeah. Star Wars thing. Yeah. Anyway, it was just. So, did you watch Ted Lasso? No. 
Oh, watch Ted Lasso. It's the best show. I'm telling you. Write that down. I am. Ted, Ted Lasso. Lasso. What platform? So Netflix? Apple TV. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the best show. All right. I watched the whole season in one night. Well, what do we watch? Um, well, we watched The Tiger King, obviously. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that that was like the first wave of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, what else came out during the pandemic? That was like good stuff. Um, Cobra Kai. Oh, Tell Cobra me. Kai was so great. Yeah. If you like Cobra Kai, you're going to like Ted Lasso. All right. There's no, there's no violence. Okay. okay. <laughs> but it's great. That's okay. Yeah, Cobra Kai was so good. I was so mad at myself when it, it, it came to Netflix and I knew it was on like YouTube Red before. I was like, I just didn't have any time for that. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, when I started watching on Netflix, I was just, it was all over. And oh, I grew I, up with that. Yeah. I'm jealous that you watched it on Netflix and was able to watch everything because I actually got YouTube TV to watch it. Oh, okay. I was watching it uh, from the beginning and had to wait for the season three. But yeah, I thought yeah. it was great. I loved it. But yeah, we just need more of that. We need more stuff. We should need to talk more about the things that bring us together than that divide us. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I love Cobra Kai so much. I was like on your show. Sorry. What's that? So I'm not trying to be political or anything. No, no, show. dude. I mean, this is this is what this is what yeah. I wanted to do, and and this it's this is life, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was I was saying I was so into Cobra Kai that I was like researching uh, karate. I was going to take karate lessons at one point. Yeah. And if if there wasn't if there wasn't a pandemic, I'd probably be in. You got to. Week. You could be like. Uh, you could be. Uh, who's the guy who I freaking loved? He wasn't in season three. Who's the Who's the guy? The comedian guy who worked at Best Buy or Home Depot. Uh, what did they call him? Scorpion, not Scorpion. Uh, I'm googling. I'm googling. Stingray. Stingray. Don't you remember Stingray? No. He was the older guy that joined. Stingray is from the first two seasons of Cobra Kai. He joins. You remember Stingray. Come on. Google Stingray Cobra Kai. God. Uh, I'm going to kill. I'm going to Stingray. There's Cobra Kai. One of the first things that pops up. Oh, yes. Yes. Remember him? Yes, That's of fun. course. Yeah, he had like the the weird uh, facial hair. Like, yes, he was so stigma. great. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was funny. That's right. I forgot. About, I was I was not a huge fan of season three. Oh, you didn't? You weren't a huge fan? I thought yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah, well, I've got a lot of hate for that. Um, but I mean, I thought season one and two were incredible. I, I just feel like season three just kind of like Fell a little go anywhere for me. I don't know. I like the backstory of John Kreese. Yeah, that was cool. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was great. I mean, I don't, I didn't hate it. Don't get me wrong. I just, yep. it just, it like didn't, live up, yeah, I just didn't live up to the hype of mm-hmm. one and two. So nothing ever lives up to the hype. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Except I just had a steak at Peter Luger's Steakhouse. Yeah. It was delicious. <laughs> I'm jealous. And it lived up to the hype. Peter my Luger, wife, it's pretty, my pretty wife has us. My wife has us on this Mediterranean diet. I oh, had nice. a Mediterranean style meatloaf tonight. How was that? <laughs> it wasn't terrible, but uh, <laughs> I loved hearing it wasn't terrible. 
Yeah, it wasn't terrible. It, it tasted like <laughs> most of the food on the diet tastes the same. It, so it tasted like everything else tastes on the diet, like uh-huh. olives, feta cheese. Uh-huh. What else? Yeah, but that's funny. Trying to be healthy, I, I guess. Yeah, you got to eat healthy. My wife is a health nut. She's like swinging those barbells, counting calories. <laughs> He's like super buff and I'm over here like this fat piece of shit. Yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, like I have like all these beers around me from like the stuff I didn't clean up. I haven't had them tonight. I actually take the night off, but I mean, I, terrible. That's great. But so what's, tell me the craziest, craziest band story you have and I'll let you go. Craziest band story I ever had. Yeah, like a, like a, like, like silly shit. Mm, let me think that you can share <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm thinking craziest band story well i thought about this band story the other day um we went to um we were playing arkansas and uh we uh i think we had a day off or we just got into town early and we all went to the movies and we went and saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the reboot. Mm-hmm. And we saw the movie. Uh, we watched the movie, the whole band. And uh, there was one guy in the theater other than, than us. And he looked, he looked off. Dude looked weird, right? He was staring at us the whole time. We get out of the movie. My whole crew is inside. I step outside to have a cigarette. And uh, this guy the guy who was in the theater walks out and he goes, Hey man, what'd you think of that movie? I was like, thought it, I, I'm not going to do my Southern accent. He's like, I'm like, I thought it was pretty good. You know, it was great. He's like, I didn't like it, man. I didn't like it. I go, Oh, why not? He goes too much violence, too much blood. And I go, well, it is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and he goes, Hey man, you like my rims? And he points to this car that's parked in a handicap spot and it's a piece of shit, but it's got really nice rips on it. Of course. And I was like, yeah, they're cool, man. He's like, yeah, got them off of a dead N word. And I was like, Oh, and then he goes, you shouldn't be smoking. It'll kill you. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I got to quit or whatever, but I got to get rolling. He's like, yeah, I got to go too. He goes into his car, right? Lights up a cigarette. He's smoking with the windows up and he's just staring at me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to fucking kill us. <laughs> I ran wow. in. I was like, guys, you're not going to believe it, but we got to go through the exit. And he was like a big hillbilly looking guy. You know, he looked like hillbilly Jim. Wow. I'm like, he's using, he's using racial slurs which is horrible. But the thing that really freaked me out the most was him smoking inside with the windows up. That's a psycho move. (laughs) That's a a psycho psycho move. move. (laughs) So I don't know if that's a crazy story, but that's what I have for you. That's a psycho move. That's like people who eat soup outside in the summertime. Yeah. I hate hot soup in (laughs) summertime. I got another crazy story. We were playing, uh, we were playing the whiskey a go-go in LA and it was my birthday. And uh, some bigger bands have always kind of liked our band for some reason. And I didn't even really know. It's a good band. Yeah. Well, thank you. 
So uh, we're playing this show <clears throat> and the guys from, and this is back in the day when this band was super popular, but uh, the guys from Papa Roach were there and they're like, that show is awesome. Blah, blah, blah. We loved it. Let's, let's go out. And we like, we didn't have a hotel room or nothing. We were sleeping in our van. So they brought us to the, um, the Viper room where Johnny Depp died. You know, he had the heroin and overdose outside of Viper Room, so it's a pretty famous club. We go, we're sitting VIP with Papa Roach, Gene Simmons from Kiss, and it's like us, and we're hanging out, and they f- then they find out it's my birthday, so they're ordering lots of drinks. They get us hotels at the, uh, if you ever watched Almost Famous, the old uh, Riot House, the mm-hmm. Hyatt on the Sunset Strip. Yeah. They get us hotel rooms there, and it, they just like treated us like we were like VIP. So that was a pretty cool. It was really funny. I'm like the night before we slept in our van tonight, we were planning on sleeping in our van. Yeah. And now we're at the Viper room drinking for free, eating for free. And, uh, and, uh, got a free hotel room. It was pretty cool. Hanging out with all these like modern rock gods, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the other, the Evanescence was there and who okay. else? Like it was all like, back in the day, like the rock radio yeah. Lord. You know? yep. But that was a funny story. There's probably more next time we do this podcast. I'll next time. Some more. Or well, maybe there'll be some new ones. I was say, yeah, there's probably be two new records next year, right? Hope I'm, I'm actually going to record Thursday. So Are you really? I'm going to record. Yeah, I am. You're just going to so put it out? I just got to. I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to just do a song. Yeah just do one song i'm heading out to atlanta tomorrow and uh to see some friends and um and the studio we we recorded big trouble at is in atlanta and i hit the guy up i'm like you got anybody in the studio thursday he's like no i'm like all right i'm coming in he's like the whole band i'm like no i'll put together a band so i'm texting people right now you want to play on this song that's funny how do you feel about traveling is it scary i haven't i haven't been on you know i haven't been out of this this thing really I've kind of traveled a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I've only been going back and forth to, from Florida to New York, but I just get tested, wear my mask. Sure. You know, but. But as far as traveling, do you feel safe when you're traveling? Is it? No, I, I don't feel safe when I'm not traveling, though. <laughs> I don't feel safe in general. So nothing okay. much is changing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, it's not, I mean. Uh, I'm really just seeing family usually, so but right. I'm not doing like the, you know, big get-togethers or anything. I'm keeping it low-key. I have um, I have five-year-old twins, so me and my wife and those twins were kind of our own little gang. So, right. you know, my kid has somebody to play with. My other kid, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. That works out. So we have a three-year-old yeah, kid, of, and uh, oh. I'm, I'm I'm hoping we can have a second only because he's constantly like, play with me, play with me. <laughs> I need you need yeah. a brother or sister so you can play with them. Yep. yep, you better do it quick too. Yeah, and they'll play, but they'll fight. Something funny happened the other day too. My my my, my kids kind of have a speech delay, so they're going to like speech therapy. But now they're talking a lot. But it turns out they've been listening a lot, and uh, <laughs> I didn't ready. realize it. Yeah, and uh, my kids are Sunny and Rocco. They're both great. And Sunny goes, "Hey, Dad." I go, what's up, son? He goes, you know where my fucking toys are? And I go, <laughs> I go what'd you say? He goes, I can't find my fucking toys. And he's not even using fucking angry, which was, 
you know, it's like you can't even really correct him. He just like fucking is like cool, like my cool toys. Like, cause he probably hears me say all the time, I can't find my fucking phone or I can't find my fucking guitar. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh man. And I'm That's like, funny. Oh, I cannot be the parent who has the cursing child. Right. <laughs> you know, my kid just a few days ago, he, uh, we were eating dinner and he didn't want to sit. Like he's like at this point where he wants to go off he take a bite and go off, do something. And uh, he said, daddy, you need to put your jacket away. And I said, sit, th- you sit down and eat. And he said, first of all, you don't talk to me like that. <laughs> he said that to you. Yeah. <laughs> Followed by, you need to put your jackets away. I'm not going to ask you again. (laughs) That's actually, that's like one of the best dad stories I have heard. That is really, really good. It's on my face. My wife got a video of it. It's on my Facebook page if you want to watch it unfold. Okay, I'm going to watch it. That's a great, that's like straight from a Judd Apatow movie. I couldn't believe it. And there's me and I'm like doing my best not to laugh, but oh my God. That's good. You know, it's great though. He was actually, he was right. You should have put your jacket away. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I had the jacket on the back of the chair and he wasn't having it. My kids say a lot. A deal is a deal. A deal is a deal. Yeah. So they're able to like play their video game after they do their schoolwork and do cleanup or whatever. We went, they did all that stuff, but we went, like to the park and we were at the park till like nine or nine o'clock at night or something. Uh, We were just out late and uh, we came home and it's like, guys, you got to go to bed. They go, no, a deal is a deal. Like we get to play our video game. A deal is a deal. Yeah. Um, It's kind of funny. They're hilarious. It's a good age. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. It gets worse. I hear that. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. It's all great. And it's all terrible at the same time. (laughs) I remember the first like six months, no, first three months. Uh, I was like, "What do we do? Why do we do this? This is terrible." But, yeah, uh, my buddy yeah. Uh, uh, Dave Bazan from that band, Page of the Lion, he told me something funny. He's like, "Lou, the first year, you you don't even really have to be around. The first year is pretty much all mom. It's yeah. like he's like after year one is when you start getting a little." little bit more involved and i was like oh yeah whatever but the first year i'm just looking at her and i'm like i don't know what to do <laughs> so what i did with my wife so it's pretty funny i, I did i did it for two reasons a I, I you know my wife my wife and i have a really great relationship and we're like we do like things together uh-huh. we're in it together and um but the second uh-huh. reason i was so involved was because i also didn't want to hear her say after the first year like, well, I did yeah. all this and you did nothing. Everything. So I was, ma- I made sure I was very, very involved to the, to the point where like she had a C-section. So uh, our bed is, was a little uh-huh. higher. So we actually stayed on the couch in uh-huh. the room for the first four weeks. And I stayed on the couch uh-huh. with her. So, Oh, look at you. Yeah. See the difference between me and you is like, I'm fine with hearing that she did it all for the first year. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> unfazed yeah. i did it all the first two years that's fine, <laughs> <laughs> fine with me. yeah you're smarter than i am no just kidding i mean i'm not kidding but I i'm know. just joking around I'm trying to <laughs> yeah but definitely i'm so glad i was able to jump on here and make it happen i Thanks, feel like dude, the, I really... the, if there was 
if there was a tweet, it would be Lou figured out how to do Zoom. There you go. Because I'm terrible at everything. There you go. Well, this was the easiest. <laughs> this is why I still use it because it's easier. There's different platforms, but I think it's more uh, complex. And I'm not yeah, that this, smart. This so. is great. So thank you very much for doing this. I can tell because you have me on the show. You can't be that smart. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm the I'll smartest person ever. <laughs> there you go. Gasoline heart, best band ever. Exactly. Exactly. Well, when uh, you get a million uh, uh, streams, let me know. Okay. I'm down. Send me, send me, a, send me a percentage of your All right. zero, zero, zero cents that you'll get from that. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you right <laughs> <laughs> I do love Spotify though. I feel like it's the best. It is. I make no money from it, but who cares? It's so great to have all that music. It is. But I do like having all this vinyl too. The vinyl is nice. Yeah. The vinyl the vinyl is nice because you just put it on and then you can't be jumping track to track. You get to listen to the whole album. That's what I enjoy. You're right. And I, I miss that. I miss that. It's like Netflix. I mean, I spend more time looking for something to watch than I do watching it. Yep. Totally. Same thing with music. It's, it's the same thing. But Can't all right, man, I'll let you around. go. I kept you for all right, a long man. Enough. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. And uh, whatever I can do to help, I'm down. How bad does my hat look? It's definitely, how's this? You're all right. Is that the hipster style? Yeah, you got to wear it on the back of your head. Yep. <laughs> like this. Okay. I'll, right, share, I got I'll share it with you when, I, when this is all done. Okay, sounds good, man. Thank you. Peace. Thank God you. bless. Be safe. You too, man. See ya. Love you all.